0: This podcast contains strong language throughout. Hello and welcome to Two Men and a Mic, the show that delves into the world of pop culture and sports entertainment. My name is Patrick and joining me today... It's my brother, Christopher. Good afternoon, Christopher. <laughs> How are you anyway?
1: Yeah, not bad, considering, you know, lockdown.
0: <laughs> <laughs> today, we're going to we're gonna steer away from media and entertainment for today, and we're going to go into more of a subject that you have a specialty in, I would say, and that would be sport. I've got a bit of knowledge. You have more knowledge than me. Okay. So, the first thing we're going to talk about, so one thing I've always wondered is, in the U.S., they mm-hmm. have sports like American football and baseball mm-hmm. and things like that, but they're mm-hmm. essentially copying our sports, such as, so baseball is rounders, essentially, and American football which is just rugby league, but done really slow. What are your thoughts on why, you know, what are your thoughts on the comparisons between the two?
1: Well, I don't think it matters too much on their origins, to be honest. I think at this moment in time, they're you know, the sports in their own right, they've got their own strengths and weaknesses are you know they're unique i don't feel like i'm holding a grudge against where where it came from i think there's probably a perfectly reasonable reason why why they are like they are i mean i'm sure football and rugby have i'm pretty sure football i'm pretty sure that one of football and rugby came from the other so you know well, i not, believe
0: I, I believe football came from someone picking up the ball with their hands and running with it i believe rugby yeah
1: exactly so
0: which which sort of are you you're more steered towards the sort of european sports rather than the american stuff so are you more of a because i know that you like football and you're a united supporter but obviously soccer isn't necessarily as big in the u.s it is for the ladies but why yeah. do you not? why do you not do you think that it's not as big for the men for the well, cause i think
1: that they've already got sports that they're really heavily invested in like like the ones you've mentioned american football basketball baseball like the NASCAR and whatnot. You know, you can only get all the best people are going to those sports. All the best, you know, the fans are going towards those sports in America. They're not so much going towards soccer. As they want so, to.
0: do you? So, do you think the US sort of sports are more sort of entertaining and have more sort of media rather, compared to our sports? Because I think that well, we don't have baseball in this country. We have one team in Cornwall, and they only play against two other teams. So, why? why... Why do you think there is this huge level of uh, support for these sports? That Because merchandise is huge for basketball and NFL and baseball. Why is there any sports over here that you could compare that level of support?
1: Yeah, of course, there's football.
0: But is that the only one?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think the only one where you're going to have... I mean, I don't just mean like UK, I mean like worldwide... Like mm. support the like, football is the only thing that can. The thing is, like American sports are automatically big because the population in America is big. So the only thing that really can pull in the same sort of numbers is football. And if anything, football can bring in bigger numbers. So, so you know, do you
0: think that, say, Champions League final or a World Cup final has yeah. more people watching it than the Super Bowl? Yeah. Huh. Okay, very interesting. So because obviously in comparison, so American football is sort of seen to be like rugby. It sort of is. But like I've said, I find it's very stop start. And that's what I find the irritating part, whereas rugby is more fluent. And if they have to stop, then there's actually it's very quick and, you know, moving into scrums and having penalty kicks.
1: Here's the thing. Right. So when you're watching a rugby game, you invested in it for 40 minutes. There's no break until after 40 minutes Mm. whereas in american football it gives you the automatic you know it gives you lots of opportunities to go to the toilet go get a snack go get a drink anything so in that respect it's kind of quite good
0: so would you would you say that in terms of our sports do are we missing that sort of factor of oh yeah we can go out get drunk get food and watch it still
1: i think it's a cultural thing because i think we kind of have a better attention span you know Mm. we we can quite easily watch as long as it's a good game obviously because if it's a rubbish game then we're just going to turn off but you know if it's a good game of football then we'll watch the up until 45 minutes and then to 90 minutes whereas i think the main complaint for americans about soccer is that it's it gets quite boring to watch where with their sports they they naturally have the breaks. Mm. well as the word says to break it up to, to make it more digestible for them.
0: It just seems that their sports are really overhyped or really hyped up compared to any of our things. Like you say, football is probably the biggest thing in English. So, well, in Britain and in Europe, but there, do, it, there doesn't seem to be that level of what compatriotism or fan support as much as you know if he went to a Super Bowl or it's the the baseball teams there's thousands and thousands and thousands of fans that it makes the news when they go around the streets and things like that so I just find it I just find it fascinating that what does Europe need to do to get to their level of fandom because it's my the comparison between the two is
1: Huge. Yeah, but I'm sure you've seen plenty of footage of Premier League and La Liga teams going to places place like Asia and getting mobbed wherever they go. I mean, to me, Europe, well, you know, football doesn't need to do anything. It's the other sports that need to catch up. But then that's a bigger issue, I guess. That's a l- longer... Football's already there, but I guess you've got to do more with rugby. you got to do more with tennis. You've got to do more with, you know, other sports. So when you say... Something.
0: So when you say do more, do you mean create different types of competition within the sport? So golf is always seen as quite a boring one. And so you have the standard sort of 18-hole full play. And then they've made this 14-hole type tournament. And then they've had this sort of nine-hole match play professional thing. Does the English, does the European sports need to sort of expand the rules and competitions that they have to compete? Or to keep, well, oh, get people
1: interested in it? Firstly, I don't think the European sports as such, the world sports, but obviously they're the ones that are more popular in Europe. Yeah. But yeah, they. I feel like a few of them do need to make themselves a bit more marketable. Because mm. like you said, golf Golf is arguably, if anyone was to be asked what's the most boring sport, I'm sure golf would come up quite a few times. It wouldn't come up for me because I find it interesting. But mm. certainly for a, a lot of people, they would say it's like watching paint dry. You just mentioned a few of the ways of trying to make it a bit more exciting. Another yeah. one is cricket. Cricket, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, that is one of, if not the worst sports... I mean, I, I know in this country it's big, and in yeah. Commonwealth countries are big, but anywhere else it's like, you know, they're like, what's the big fuss? I mean, yeah. you know, there's T20, they're doing all these different things to make, you know, the games more exciting because if you've got a, if you've got only a few balls to bowl, bat, you know, the people who are batting, Mm. Then you have got to get them out, and the batters have got to make sure they smash sixes mm. as much as they can. They got to take the risk. Whereas in the full version, in the tests, they just they last days. Mm. People, also, you know, some people like we've been mentioning people, some people don't have the attention span for that. Mm. That's not that's not a failing. That's just them. You know, yeah. we all have our individual moments where we're like i've had enough of this and changing the channel Mm. how so um one thing i've always wondered that
0: that in some sports they have audiences and you know with football and rugby or Mm -hmm. you know big things their crowds are huge and they are allowed to make noise Mm -hmm. however i always find it interesting when you're watching darts or golf or snooker do they really need do they all necessarily need to be quiet i just think it's a bit of a harsh thing to to ask well, people to do.
1: they do, really, because they're, they're sports where it's, you know, you're very heavily reliant on hand-eye coordination. There's very, pre- you know, precision sports there. I mean, we can laugh about, you know, we can debate about how darts is or is not sport, but at the end of the day, there's some, you know, there's some talent involved, there's some, you know, expertise involved. Hmm. Where you know, I feel like if I was playing, you know, you if you were trying to advance far into some big tournament, you wouldn't want the fans making noise. You want them to let you have the moment to concentrate and to do your best because you know there's big amounts of money at stake at some of these things as well. Yeah, well,
0: I mean, I can I can think of when that whenever it's the Ryder Cup, usually on the first hole, mm-hmm. they usually make a ton of noise.
1: Well, yeah, but that's before it starts and they'll do it in between shots but not not during them and if they do then not like most people will round you know to round and like give abuse to the person who's giving you know, making the noise so what do you what do you
0: think of supporters that make fans just as they're going to hit something or just after they're going to do something because a lot of the time there's a lot of sort of interesting and obscure things that people shout um do do, do you think that's acceptable or is, is it just a bit of fun to do that?
1: Well, it's a bit of fun as long as they're not causing a problem for the person that they're watching.
0: Well, I I think that, well, I know you quite well, that if someone did that to you, I think you would get quite angry very quickly, would you not?
1: It depends. If it was funny, I'd probably laugh, but if it put me off my shot, then yeah. But that just depends when they, when they said it. The before thing is the worst. Yeah. If you're, when everyone's hushed up, and then one person makes a noise, it can really, that's the, dangerous time just after it's kind of borderline i guess because some people might feel like they're not they're you know they're in the zone until i don't know like five ten seconds after their shot so yeah. if you're doing it too soon you know you might get a few people who like shut up you know or,
0: you know, yeah. it's like tennis yeah. and and football when people take penalties there's tons of noise before the run up to the ball and obviously tennis there's that if someone's near a match point or you know they're coming back. Obviously, the crowd gets really excited, and I think sometimes that can, when the umpires are saying everybody needs to be quiet, it's the, it, that can be quite distracting.
1: Yeah, but it's drama, isn't it? Like, you know, you mentioned football when it's quiet, in the, pe- the penalty you
0: mentioned—that's
1: mm-hmm. they're not being quiet. It's it's for deliberately. It's tension. They're like, you know, people in the stadium are supporting one team or the other, so they're nervous, and you know. They're waiting to see what happens. I can bet you that they're not 100% quiet, because some people will be saying, you know, trying to put off the goalkeeper, some will be trying to put off the penalty taker, some will be cheering for either one, you know. But tennis, you know, they will make a lot of noise, but that's just because of the, mo- the moment that the game is in, and they will be quiet once, once you know, the actual play recommences.
0: I suppose an interesting thing is when you watch rugby, I mean, the Six Nations, the most mm-hmm. recent one, it just made me think that, Whenever anybody takes a penalty kick, mm-hmm. it's very respectful in terms of they are quiet. But if, you know, if they take too long, then the crowd starts to be like, OK, now you're taking a piss. You need mm-hmm. to be quicker and stuff like that. So I find it interesting that there's a level of respect in terms of that. Mm-hmm. But in other sports, it's like I like I remember one, I went to see Plymouth Argyle play West Brom. This was years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was uh, West Brom had a penalty and Mm -hmm. uh, people were shouting abuse to the the Argyle goalkeeper Mm -hmm. and uh, the Argyle goalkeeper missed the penalty and everybody was just like, ah! And then after that, you could see that the goalkeeper really wasn't happy and people were still continuing sort of the abuse once he kicked the ball away. And I just think that is there, as, as fans, is there a certain limit of, things that we should or shouldn't do. So
1: what was that a Our goal were those our goal supporters boot you know, given their own goalkeeper abuse or was that mixture. Mixture. Well that's the thing, like that's a big point because um at the end of the day, if people have paid to come in and watch them Mm. they should you know what's to stop them from voicing their views apart from obviously you know stuff like racism and any sort of well you know homophobia that sort of thing is unacceptable but i think the rest you can't really you can't really stop that because that's just you know it's freedom of speech so moving on
0: to the next subject which i think is going to be quite an interesting one so what is the most boring sport in the world
1: well, wow. that's objective, isn't it? It mm-hmm. depends for everyone. What's your opinion? What's, what do you feel?
0: Well, as a as a golfer, I find that you, it one it depends on the competition that you're watching. So whether it's an Open or the Masters is different because you I would stay up late to see it finish and things. And it, it, with that sport, it depends on there has to be a level of competitiveness. So there's two players that are really sort of fighting that out. I'd like it makes the sport a lot more interesting and people may think golf looks boring, but it's actually not boring to play. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when the, when the crowd goes absolutely mental when someone sings a huge putt or a huge clutch putt, it's, it's exciting. It's, it has, it has that, it's got that it factor of, Oh yes, we need to see this. Like with the Ryder cup, the Ryder Cup is probably the most competitive competition in golf, apart from the Masters. And you can tell it's exciting because, you know, you, you secretly in your head is like, oh, I hope they miss that putt. Or, oh, it's funny that, that, you know, like, oh, shank it, shank it. Or, ah, top it, top it, top it, or miss it and stuff like that. And you really get behind it. In terms of what I think is a boring sport, to me, is cricket, I think, is dull as anything. And, you know, other people might say... Oh, well, there's the same logic of what you said for golf, whereas it may look boring to do it, but it might be actually fun to play it. And I suppose, like you said, it is subjective, but I suppose it depends how what sport or what activity actually gets your attention. So, does it actually catch? So, like, if you're walking, you know, around your house and it's on the
1: telly, do you stop and watch it? Well, as I was saying, it's it's subjective, isn't it? It's it's down to each and every person. So, you know, for you and me, we've kind of played golf, so we know what a good shot is, and yeah, you know, how hard it is to you know do some of the things that they do. So we know when we watch it, we're you know we know we're watching top people at the top of their game doing the best and then most sport all sports have drama like all sports have moments where this is dramatic entertaining you know hmm. you know there's stories you know like it's it just think, depends on think... if you've had an if you've entered into oh, i don't know how to describe it i don't, for cricket for example neither of us have played it and we both think it's pretty boring but, i think yeah.
0: maybe it also comes down to if it's if it's something really quiet is obviously not going to get your attention like if something is really slow and there isn't a lot of noise then your brain sort of thinks well i'm not going to be interested in this because it's slow nothing's happening whereas you know if you're watching a boxing match or a ufc fight your attention is automatically glued to the screen because you they're just non-stop it's constant movement and I think that might I think the way that people judge whether a sport is boring based on just how much activity or effort is put into it like I think snooker is really boring because it's quiet and it's you know you could hear a pin drop when you know and it's just like i watching it I would fall asleep I mean I have fallen asleep watching golf as well but it, I, I think it comes down to the the aura of the is whether it's exciting or whether there's sounds or things that really sort of catch your attention defines what a what a boring sport is or isn't.
1: So what I'll say is with cricket, the thing that the thing with cricket is like in a test situation, in the test format. Then if you're watching it, then so, so with cricket in the test format, you know it can be quite you know, if. For nov- novices, that can be boring because you know there are so bowlers have to throw so many balls, and a lot of them don't really do anything. You know, some of them can be miles off target. Some of them, batsmen can just hit it into the ground, and it doesn't really go anywhere. You've got to you've got to really invest yourself into it to get you know the the reward of something interesting happening.
0: So you think it's down to whether a person has knowledge of that
1: sport or not not necessarily i think it's just how much you commit to it because mm. snooker i love snooker i think snooker is like chess but with balls
0: mm. interesting so
1: comparison because you know like the player has got to think how they're going to get around the table to pot each ball to get to you know the winning score for them and then sometimes if the balls aren't in a right in the right way then you'll get both players sort of playing safety shots to basically they'll basically try and make the other guy, you know, make a mistake and then that way they'll be able to come in and start scoring the points you know, potting the balls again That there's a skill and there's it's entertaining but you've got to commit to it, like, you know I will freely admit that like, snooker players don't really lend themselves to, they're not the most interesting people, mm. <laughs> but but <laughs> what they do is you know, it is I think it just depends on your level of commitment to watching something like yeah i suppose it comes down to whether you're a supporter
0: of a person or a team that makes that sort of difference look like, for example i think formula one can be quite boring because you're just watching a car go around the track 30 or 40 times and i just think all you need to do is watch the first lap and watch the last two and then it's more or less done but you know, I...
1: Necessarily, because with Formula One, you got so many sides. Sto- you got you may support a certain team, so you'll be following them. And there'll be a certain driver you might like. There might be obviously the people on top like Lewis Hamilton. You might want to see what he's doing at the front. And there'll be other, you know, there'll be you'll just be interested to see what happens because there'll be collisions. There'll be people going off. There'll be people retiring their car because they've failed in some way mechanically. There's plenty that can go on. You just it's like I said. You've just got to commit to it, and I think yeah, it definitely helps that um, if, if there's something like that going on in your community because we all have football clubs, rugby clubs, cricket clubs in our community, and we all try to play pool. I mean, I don't, I can't think of any local snooker clubs around here, but we all play pool. We not. We all know, you know, that, you know, it's not an easy sport. Well, you know, it is if you're up against some rubbish, but <laughs> but if you're like, you know, to be the best, you've got to like really be good. That's a really obvious statement, <laughs> you know. So, what I mean?
0: well, it, it does make a big it does make a big difference if you're if you're watching someone a that you like, two that is very good at the sport. Because I remember when I went to the Rugby World Cup and we watched France versus Italy. Mm-hmm. That game was incredibly boring, mm-hmm. but. The, the crowd was sort of they were doing Mexican waves and stuff like that just and I just think that I think it does depend on where it is who you're with, whether you support a person or whether you support a team and that,
1: can I just interject? Yes. Right, the Mexican wave is the universal sign in sport that something is boring. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, we're all watching it, and we're supposed to be entertained. But there's always that chance that you're going to watch, you know, the rubbish game, the game that where nobody does anything memorable, or it's just you know stalemate. And to me, if you see a Mexican wave going on, it's a sign that the crowd is not really bothered about what's going on the pitch. Hmm. Or on the you know, what's going on in the arena. I've
0: seen it a few times in wrestling where they, with wrestling, they just chant people's names that are better than the people that are wrestling. Or they'll say things like you can't wrestle or they just chant random people's names that they might be dead. They might be retired or there might not even be anything to do with that.
1: I'm going to immediately interrupt you there and suggest that wrestling is not, is not really to be put in the same category as 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 you've mentioned because Ooh. firstly it's fixed you know, it's not fixed but it's staged Yeah, and yes they, these people put immense effort into choreography and putting their bodies on the line but it's not it's more theatre than it is sport mm, okay. you're not going to see that kind of wrestling in the Olympics anytime soon whereas there's football in the Olympics there's rugby sevens, I can't remember if there's cricket but there, I think there was definitely talk of cricket going yeah. to the Olympics there's definitely tennis. The wrestling is a, a wrestling is an
0: Olympic sport. Yeah, but not w- just not w- the way that you which is not, what you're on about. Yeah, not the way that I'm explaining it. Like for example, I could throw Kurt Angle at you. He's a Olympic Draco, yeah, like wrestler. Draco, bro- but, then,
1: or like that.
0: but then, you know, it, it's an interesting point. But that that fight's been going for decades about whether wrestling is a sport.
1: It's In not t- because it's staged. Somebody has to win. Somebody already, you know, if it doesn't.
0: Doesn't in, someone have to win in every sport? That's the whole
1: any, point. Of you know, it. Well, 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 Hang on, hang on. <laughs> in any other sport, people will fight, you know, through their you know the sport to win an Olympic gold medal. They will give everything. Whereas in wrestling, can you you can't you cannot say that about that you know that sort of wrestling. It's staged so that one person can win. So how do they decide that? how How can you decide who has the glory of an Olympic gold medal?
0: So do you not think that wrestlers? So do you not think WWE wrestlers or AEW wrestlers are actually athletes? Because if, kind of... if they're not, if they are athletes, then surely they are doing a sport that has entertainment elements in it.
1: I wouldn't call them athletes in the sense that you know they were trained they're... exactly the same way. The bodybuilders. No, not, all, not Not all. Have you seen
0: Kevin Owens?
1: No, I have not.
0: So. Yeah, you might think that before, in the in the, in the attitude era, with there me, was a time when it was about what what you looked like, but yeah. now they're actually properly training, you know, doing weights, but they've also got to practice how how they move around the ring. Even yeah, though you said that they're predicted, you still have to practice the moves. Yeah, even they're practicing the
1: moves. Predicted. They're not practicing... They don't actually hit each other that hard, though, do they? They're you not genuinely doing all they can to get the guy on the ground. You know, it's it's staged. You can't, like, boxing, they don't sort of hold back their punches a bit. You don't see Tyson Fury or Anthony Joshua go, oh, I'll just let you stay in the fight a bit longer because it'll make the fight a bit more interesting. No, they don't. They throw they throw their hardest punches, or at least they lo- like to try to, to knock the other guy out.
0: So you don't think picking up a person and, and dropping them down and pinning them is competition because the aim even though you said like you've yes is, is wrestling real no but it is exercise and it is there is a level of athleticism to be able to pick a person up slam them or jump on top there's of not, them there's not there's not grappling is people. wrestling because <laughs> yes, there's grappling and things like that. It's not just <laughs> getting, beef, that God, getting beefed up on, on steroids.
1: They are on steroids.
0: Uh, not all of them. <laughs> I, think, I think the problem with your thoughts on wrestling is that you haven't seen it in a while. Before, oh, yeah. th- there was an era where people just got pumped up just to look big, and it isn't based on their wrestling ability. Now, you have actually properly trained... I'll say athletes, because that's what they are, because some of them come from athletic backgrounds, from football and wrestling. There is a level of fitness and athleticism to be able to pick a person up, slam them or throw them and grapple, because grapple is a yeah, still a tradition of man, wrestling. Athlete.
1: That's being a stuntman. That's not that's being
0: a stuntman.
1: Okay, Kurt Angle, yeah. Do you, right, read. so you don't
0: think a stuntman is. is an athlete. What's that? Do you think a stunt man is not an athlete? No, I don't. Wow, I completely disagree with you there. To a be stunt a, man is a stuntman? So, <laughs> they're not though. Stunt men are or and stunt women are incredibly athletic to be able to, you know, if say for example, Keanu Reeves has a stunt double, which is one of the directors of John Wick, he had to be able to do martial arts. So it's so to say a stunt man is not an athlete is kind of insulting
1: to them. No no no. No, you're getting me wrong, mate. Like, athletes... Okay, so, for me, WWE wrestlers are not athletes. They are... Obviously, they're very trained in doing what you've said. Yes. But with WWE wrestlers, they're not athletes. They are well-trained doing stunts, basically. Mm. But they're also actors, because they've got to sell the performance. They've got to sell whatever story they've been talking about, you know, they've arranged to do.
0: Yeah, which is just very similar to a stuntman, which are also athletes.
1: It depends on your definition of athlete. What is
0: your definition of an athlete?
1: Well, someone who's through the sport has is fit, and you know, a stuntman has to be right. fit okay. to be able to do. I'll the tell stunts. you what, I'm going to Google athlete oh. <laughs> and we we'll a definition, and then we'll see what we think of that.
0: Well, this this is definitely a heated debate, which I was I was hoping there was going to be. But what? do you not think that? Okay, so I, okay, I, I agree to disagree on the wrestling part, but in terms of stuntmen, they have to be athletic. They have to be athletes. How many do you not think that some stuntmen are not gymnasts or stunt women are right. trained gymnasts?
1: Are you going to talk forever, or are you going to let me talk? okay, <laughs> okay you go. Right, you'll be happy to know that according to Google. The definition of athlete is a person who is proficient in sports and other forms of physical exercise. Mm -hmm. So, but also... um, Right, okay. So, technically, that would mean you're correct. But if you were to ask... If you were to go on the street and ask 100 people, whether they thought, let's say, a boxer was an athlete or a WWE wrestler was an athlete, they'd say the boxer was because he's honed his body. I guess it's just coming down to that it's staged, and that because it's staged, and everything's choreographed, their muscle only counts for... Aesthetics. Aesthetic, but also to make sure they can do the move. Whereas, when you see an athlete, every inch of their body is primed to try and do whatever they're you know, they trying to do. Whereas, you know, wrestlers, you could argue, they only need the muscles for lifting and, you know, throwing people. You might, If you just had a wrestler build his muscles up for that sort of thing, they might look quite different from some of these guys who are blatantly on steroids. You can't deny that some of them are on steroids.
0: Oh, absolutely. There's tons of evidence to suggest that. I mean, look at Brock Lesnar now and before. He's got man boobs now, but he didn't have it before. One thing that... uh, Last point about the wrestling thing is that when you... Say if you ask a person, is wrestling a sport? I think they'll say one of... They'll probably ask this question and say, do you mean as in proper wrestling... Or mm-hmm. do you mean they might say fake wrestling, or they'll go, "Oh, do you mean wrestling like The Rock or something like that?" And I think that's. I, you, I, well, I don't think people can separate the difference between the two. I think.
1: I think they can. I think everyone knows that like proper wrestling involves you know actual effort to so, you know one of the competitors isn't going to the other. Right, we're going to do this and that. Then I'm going to win, okay? Whereas in proper wrestling, whereas it's Greco-Roman or freestyle, or whatever other categories there are, you know, they're going for they're going for it, which I think is where I'm trying. Where for me, your kind of wrestling, like the WWE stuff, falls down uh, when it comes to being described as a proper sport. Mm-hmm. Is if you were to stage a football match, it would be match fixing, and the yeah. same for any other sport. Whereas WWE, it's like I said, it's kind of a cross between sport and theater. It's tr- it's trying to tell a story, like a almost uh, most sports tell a story by themselves. Mm-hmm. But with wrestling, it's kind of like they want to t- they want to put the turn it up to eleven and rip the knob off. It's kind of artificial, mm-hmm. It's like artificial drama and story instead of the natural story, which is whatever happens naturally on that field or pitch or whatever surface.
0: Moving on from that point, because you were talking about drama and telling a story, there's something that has always bothered me about football. Um, uh, So this would be should be another. It could be a heated debate, or we might have the same opinion. Is that I think football, uh, most footballers now, Mm -hmm. are a bunch of pansies. Because any time I've ever watched football, it seems to be the case, and I've heard stories and I've read articles about managers basically saying to their players if you get the opportunity you go down and you stay down and you pretend that you're hurt just so you can get free kicks and penalties and to me that seems that's kind of cheating in that essence that the fact that is there skill in playing football yes but should you have to cheat to 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 get ahead and especially it looks really bad when you I don't, I would love to, to be with a player that's dived all the game and then they go back and watch the match highlights and then I'll ask them, what do you think about your diving? And, you know, I think it, it, diving, why has football become a, a sport where people just sort of pretend to get hit and stay down and things like that? Well,
1: I think it's a cultural thing more than anything because I think in South America, in some countries, um, they almost say, you know, if you can win by any means, then that's a win. Hmm. You know, look at Diego Maradona. I'm just gonna pause. Diego, look at Diego Maradona. Because um, you know, he we you know, because he knocked us out of the World Cup in eighty six, you know, we all we all think of him as I'll let you fill in the gap. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um in his own country and in some countries they might say, Well, well done, he did what he needed to do to get Argentina to the next round.
0: But exactly. Do you
1: are you aware of Luis Suarez in the World Cup?
0: Yes, he
1: bites people all the time. No, 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 no. He um he handballed the ball um on the goal line against Ghana and basically stopped a certain goal. It was a penalty, and he got sent off for it. But... Oh, I remember that
0: actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the,
1: Gu- the Ghanaian guy missed the penalty, and then Suarez could be seen celebrating afterwards.
0: Yeah, I remember and then that.
1: Ghana went on to lose the penalty shootout against Uruguay. So, in Luis Suarez's mind, and in quite you know probably his, his country's mind. He had done what it took to get Uruguay into the next round. Do you, so for... do you think
0: football has changed completely from where it all started from? Because, you know, when our dad was a sort of semi-professional footballer, let's put it that way, and uh, he would always go on about players that were really hard tackling and hard hitting. That's a different era. But is that quite similar? Is So is that similar to... You know, like what you were saying about to get the job done, you need to do whatever. Is that the same as what's happening in the yeah, world? Where-
1: it's miles different because the referees have got struck, you know, you get more yellow cards and red cards. So the players players, uh, you know, if, if you're trying to, all you've got to do is convince one guy that you've been fouled. So why not try and do it? I mean, you know, there are big, big moments, big decisions that happen to, you know, football, football teams depend on sometimes on certain things happening. And if someone's so sometimes certain teams depend on certain things happening. You know, some teams could go out of business if a game doesn't go their way. Some teams yeah. might lose, you know, the best players if they don't win a title. So But is I'm there times say...
0: when is there times when you think, please get up? What are you down for? Get up. Do you not is there no sense of, of that for you when you're watching it? If you see like a really bad, deliberate dive, do you not think or oh, that either A, that was a good decision because you now have a free kick, or is it B, get up, what a waste of time?
1: You've got to be savvy. I mean, it's it's basically I'm trying. It's basically kind of game management. Mm-hmm. You know, if a player goes up, if you, you know know, player who's playing against you gets the ball in a threatening position, you kick it. You you know, you foul him, You take the yellow card. Basically, you stopped him from being in a very threatening position. And so, basically, you've done a job on him. You, well, the proper the old school definition of doing a job on someone would be to injure them to a point they wouldn't be able to carry on. But basically, if you're stopping like an attack which could more than likely result in a goal. Then you're doing a good job because you're doing it for the team. Mm. Like when England got to the semi finals of the World Cup, of the last World Cup, they did plenty of stuff to make sure they got there. They, they would get fouled, but they always made sure that they would make sure that it looked like a foul. You don't, if you can't basically, if you can't beat them, you got to join them. It's, as bad as that uh, sounds, I understand. Uh, yeah. I mean,. I'm trying to think of something else I want to point out but I can't think of it just yet.
0: Well in terms of football, football's not just the only one. I mean in rugby that you can block people illegally and illegally tackle them. Exactly. Um, it's like if you stop tennis. A try
1: illegally well, I suppose if you stop it illegally you're gonna get a penalty to try, but I'm sure there are plenty of other examples in rugby where you know if you stop someone in a certain place then Well,
0: more... I, I think there is a, a big difference between, say for example, if if you know if a manager says, Oh, if If you're going to go down for a tackle, make it look believable compared to, I don't think a coach or a a manager would tell a rugby player to do an illegal tackle on someone because that's not advantageous for them. It's more advantageous for the other team.
1: I'll tell you what it is in football. So, you know, in this country, we're probably a bit more lenient in terms of what we consider a foul. Whereas on the continent and in other parts of the world, maybe South America, it takes less for the referee to blow his whistle. So why not, when we're in the World Cup, why not, um, if the referee is going to referee the way he would on the continent or in South America, you've got to adapt your what you're doing to fit. So if you know that you're going to have a referee that's going to be lenient, then you can do more. But if you know if the referee's strict, you've got to play in a way that make him see you know, make make it easier for you. So if he's strict, like a continental referee or a South American one, you're gonna go down more often so do to you make think sure that... that the other team gets you know, the other team gets fouled and whereas if you have our sort of referee, you know it's gonna take more, so you just sort of get on with it. So in terms of sports that have uh referees, do you think that there will
0: always there is always a level of bias?
1: No, you got referees have got to be objective, but they've all got their own different quibbles like especially rugby like some rugby referees they were absolutely obsessed with the scrums and you you know this for a fact
0: mm-hmm.
1: whereas other guys want to see the game just played they're not bothered about the scrum so much but you see referees sort of give yellow cards left right, center because they don't like the way a scrum's being set up
0: well there's there's a lot of danger there because there's a lot of necks on the line in a scrum and mm-hmm. i can say first-hand experience it is very painful to have a collapsed scrum, and particularly if nothing, you know, if there hasn't been a penalty for it, then obviously you might get a, little, a bit angry because one, you might be injured, and two, your your teammates are like, "Well, come on, someone has to be done here." Yeah,
1: but at the elite level, you know, you're used to it. You're built. Your body's built for it.
0: So this next point is going to be our last, and I believe it's quite an important one. So um, let's go into for the the wage of athletes and whether yeah, i be looking forward to this and whether
1: (laughs) i'm gonna counter it
0: (laughs) okay and so we're going to talk about wages and who not necessarily who deserves or who actually how it's distributed and who is more endangered than other people so i'm not going to start where you think i'm going to start i'm going to start with ufc fighters and boxers so in terms of pay and prize winning and things like that I believe that boxing and UFC have got it the right way in in terms of um, sort of big one off payments in terms, you know, like you could win seven million or three million uh, and, and, and yeah, and things like that. And I think that I think it's they. The more dangerous it is, I think the more people want to see it. And I think that the more people want to see it, the more they'll pay for it. Mm-hmm. And the Manny Pacquiao uh, Floyd Mayweather fight is still the highest grossing um, pay per view. And it, and obviously, you know, they do get revenue from the pay per views and things. And I think that do they deserve that amount of money for what they're doing? Yes, because they could have permanent brain damage. Broken bones, everything. So, in in terms of that level, I think the money is is acceptable for that level of what they're doing. Now, now moving down into football, it's always bothered me.
1: This is that but you you said this was the what I expected you to moan about, it, but it is.
0: But no, well, I said it second. I didn't say it first. But, <laughs> so, with, with footballers, I think it's absolutely absurd how much a person gets paid.
1: Right. And now, it's... Can I start yes. my rebuttal? <laughs> yes. Right. So, you've just mentioned that um, Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather had like you know, massive viewing, massive money, etc. Mm-hmm. So football is arguably the biggest sport in the world, you know, maybe because people watch it. The people, firstly, they go to the stadiums and fill them out. Some of them are massive stadiums, which generates massive income. And then you've got the TV deals, because obviously lots of people watch it on TV, which costs lots of money. So that's more money into the sport. And, you know, if you're going to get further, if you want to go further, if you want to take, keep, Get the best players in you you will pay money for them and before you know as well as that if an agent of a footballer is seeing that the team is getting loads and loads of money in of course he's going to make sure his client gets a load of that because if he's the one that's creating helping to create the success he should be rewarded for success and obviously the agent's got another agenda going on which is like his own you know his own wallet but you got to You know they are correct, in that ultimately the players are, you know, the cause of a team's success. I mean, more than the manager, because the manager can only do so much. It's the players who, you know, influence the result. I
0: suppose for me, as they're winning
1: lots, then they're going to be paid. They should be paid lots. I suppose for me, then it's not the case
0: of why are they paid millions and millions and millions? Because yes, I understand your point about the fan base thing and all the promotions and things like that. But what I don't understand is how do they come up with these assumptions of what a player is worth? Because it depends on
1: the market, it depends on what it is at the time.
0: Because I think that I, I think in a way, this might sound stupid, but it's for me, it, it's kind of you know, if one person thinks they're amazing and and, and it turns out to be that they're shit, you know, that's going to be quite a bit of a downer for people when they're like, oh, I think I'm amazing, but. My coach thinks I'm only worth this much, and I, I, how do they how do they work out the numbers for that to be
1: fair? Well, it's all about negotiations, isn't it? That player who's saying I'm doing amazing, and I'm, that guy's getting paid more than me, and he's doing rubbish. He would go to his agent or to the manager and say, "I want a new contract because I feel I'm doing really good, and you know this guy's getting paid more than me, and I think I feel like he's really struggling." So, you know, at the end of the day, money talks, doesn't it? You yeah. know, the thing. Money is like the common denominator, in a lot of things. So I guess that answers your question there. But I mean, I was I was watching the
0: Sunderland Till I Died program, the second mm-hmm. season of it, and they at the beginning of the season they had a player called Josh. I can't quite remember his last name, but he was really he was he was getting all the goals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then they dropped two leagues,
1: I think. Okay. And they're and they only- they were- they only got relegated one right not well, so- relegated twice but the season you're on about is when they were at the bottom of that relegation the last relegation um
0: well there's two series but I'm not 100% yeah, I but
1: it's I, I found it
0: interesting that the 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 club owner was like sort of saying that some of those players are still getting paid premier wages when yeah. they're in the lower leagues and i think that he should cut their wages
1: but he can't. Right. So my explanation of that is some players would have had a clause in the contract saying if we're relegated then we have an automatic pay cut, but some of them wouldn't have. So I know that in the first um, series of that Sunderland to Lie Die programme on Netflix, there was a player called Jack Rodwell. who was on, I think it was 70 grand a week or something like that, um, when he was at some, in the championship. And they were really saying, you know, we want you to leave and get a new club because, you know, we can't have your money. That all that money going to you, because we need that money. It's way too much money for a, a championship player, you know, basically saying, you know, if you go, then we can probably get in two or three players for that amount of money, wage-wise. But he was like, well, no, because it's a contract. You know, if I'm on that money, I'm on that money. Y- the only way you can stop me from having that money is either getting rid of me to another team or just waiting till my contract runs out or signing, getting me to sign a new contract on less money. But who would realistically want to sign for less money
0: well something that i i find interesting if we're comparing it to american sports you know they trade they can they what they do is they trade people and you know a trade can be down to draft picks yeah and 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 money yeah and money Mm -hmm. and i think do you think that football would be better in that sort of structure
1: what do you mean like trading and
0: stuff. Yes.
1: Well, they, they do sort of do it sometimes. They might swap players or, you know, they might buy a player and then loan him back immediately to the team he was bought off. Because aren't there things called free they're free agents, aren't they? Yeah, but that's when the contract their contract with one club finishes and then they go they just choose wherever they want to go depending on who's interested. There's not actually a business deal going on between the two teams. What I will say about NFL and the American sports is yeah, you're definitely right, they're a bit fairer in that yeah, there's trades and there's deals, you know, for lots of money. Hmm. But you've also got the draft, which ultimately, you know, the draft is one of the key things that makes NFL as fair as it is. Well, I say that even though the Patriots have won God knows how many times recently. But the draft, basically you've got top young players coming out of universities and they automatically go to the worst teams. So basically, every year should be it should guarantees, you know a certain amount of competition. It should guarantee that nobody is at the top for a while, nobody's at the bottom for a while. So you've always got different teams doing well. So do
0: you think that British sports should Take a leaf out of that book, um, and because I, I believe that, I think it's a lot more interesting and fairer way to distribute talent and money. I, I just think it's their method is mo- a lot more smarter. I think because I just think it's down to just greed and and money in terms of football. Because you know, with managers and things like that, mm-hmm. they get deals whilst they're do- whilst they're whilst they're there. But if they get sacked or they leave obviously there's going to be a clause in their contract that, well, if you get rid of me now, you're going to have to pay uh, tons, tons more to actually get rid of me. And I think that that's, I, I don't think that should be right that they've signed a contract. They, that's the amount of money that they get. And if that, if there's a clause in their contract, then that's what they should do rather than yeah. ask. For more hang, 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 hang. Right. Okay.
1: So I'll say this about, right, I'm going to attack you on what you just said. Mm-hmm. It, uh in two sections um so the first section is yes the nfl system is ultimately fairer but it's a completely different system over in here you know over in this country we don't choose our players through universities
0: i suppose we don't have enough to
1: unis the the teams they already have their youngsters so they let go the ones that aren't going to make it and they keep on the ones that do and depending on where you are in the structure of the leagues you know if if you've got a good player then if someone's prepared to pay the money then they'll be off it's just it's i know you're annoyed by it being about money but that's just the way it is we we can't restructure it i don't see an easy way of restructuring it to make money less of an issue ironically the only thing that's going to do it right now is because of covid19 because you know the teams aren't gonna have so much money now because Mm -hmm. um you know they haven't had people coming into the stadiums and because they're gonna have to you know bring out their own players and, you know, make progress that way. And then the other thing you were saying is about um, managers being sacked and then saying, oh, yeah, they shouldn't have that money. It's the same in any job. Like, well, I say that, but if it's in his contract that he should have that money, then he has that money. Oh no, no, that's, same uh, any
0: contract. You, you got you me got confused got... there. I, I, what I said was, is that whatever money that they've signed for, yes, yeah. they do get but I don't think they should get any more for being sacked or being let go. That's what I meant.
1: But it's part of, if, you know, if it's part of their clause that they get a certain amount of money for being, you know, when they're sacked, then they're entitled to it. It's just simple, you know, if a high-profile, you know, big businessman gets sacked, the odds are he's probably got a clause saying, well, I get some sort of payoff because you've got to pay me off to make that contract, you
0: know, gone. So looking... So coming to an end in a minute. So looking at sport as a whole, do you think that we that the European sports and our sports in the UK, do you think that if we follow the US model of let's put let's put money into the universities and colleges to find the next players of the future, do you think that would and actually really because you know, like I said at the very beginning, all the sports in the US, it's so overly hyped and there's so much press and you know i think maybe that's what our sports need that pump of energy and you know that that's you know because all the colleges in the u.s always have those reputations of the people that where they've come from so you know like tom brady and people like that and peyton manning and amongst others Aaron Rodgers and where they come from, what colleges they studied at and things like that. I think that if we need to change the system of how our future athletes and players come in to their profession, I think there should be more hoo-ha about it. What do you mean how they come into the profession? Well, you know how, you know, with the drafts and things for the US, Mm -hmm. whether they can sort of do something similar over here.
1: Well, they can't really because, well... In some sports, they can, because I'm sure you're aware of... Are you aware of the Irish soccer player called Bundy Aki? hmm So he's actually from New Zealand, but he came to Truro College some... I can't, do you know r- roughly what it was? If it was, like, on some sp- sort of sports scholarship, eventually ended up in Ireland, and that's how he became an Ireland international. So there are some sports that do that. But, you know, like I said before, we, our sports and others, you know, the other sports... They have their ways of bringing people through. It just happens a different, slightly different way. Like I said, the, the teams will bring through, they'll, they'll make their own talent. So take them from, you know, locally.
0: Like they're like a Yeah, exactly.
1: But in America, the academies are the universities, so it's just it's just slightly different. It doesn't need that to change what the how popular the sport is. Ultimately, it's down to you know how how popular they are. You know, with rugby, the most viewing it gets is when it's a World Cup or a Six Nations, or what's the other one? The, well, New, New Zealand and Australia. Oh, um, well, uh, Lions tour. Well, yeah, but I mean, like the anyway, it doesn't matter. They have smaller stadiums, so smaller, you know, amount of viewers. So mm. they're not going to have so much money. So they, you know, you're not going to achieve the same level of you know media saturation as you would football or NFL. So do you think? Our, so do you think
0: that our media needs to be more bulked up than? What it is currently to help the other sports that don't necessarily get uh, coverage.
1: No, I think the sports have to be adapted to make them make themselves more marketable. They need to they need to change, but at the same time be true. You know, try and stay as true to the original sport as possible. That's how I think they should go. Like tennis, tennis needs to be jazzed up because to me, it's a rich man's sport. Mm. Well, some
0: would say that for golf as well. But...
1: Exactly. Well, yeah, that too. So you got to do something to make it a bit more appealing to you know the lower classes.
0: Well, a big thank you to my guest Christopher for today's podcast. It was a very heated but insightful
1: debate. Wrestlers just, are not sportsmen. Uh, uh, okay. I'll, just,
0: cool. I'll, just, I'll just I'll just edit that out. <laughs> so big thank you for, for Christopher for taking part in this episode. Be sure to listen to this episode on Mixcloud and SoundCloud. Or on my website of Goodbye. www.83strongproductions.com. So, until next time. This podcast is an 83 Strong production. For more podcasts and shows, visit www.83strongproductions.com.